Listening to Town Broadcast from beneath the Balboa Building in Santa Barbara, California. I am your host for these town conversations, Patrick Melroy. I am so glad that you have chosen to add our podcast to your listening diet this week or month or whenever. Uh, thank you for that. If you could rate, write, review, go in there, subscribe, uh, add us into your permanent queue, that would be wonderful. We have a large back catalog from the last couple of years. Where we've done a lot of different interviews with interesting people who have had very valuable, I think, contributions to culture and community. And we have another conversation like that today. On the show today is our friend Stephanie Miracle. Hi, Stephanie. Hello. So glad that you could make it into studio so that we can talk about all of the things you know about that I don't. <laughs> and you brought with you, can we mention that we've, that Absolutely. you have a sidekick with you? I do. Uh, on. Uh, slowly falling asleep his eyes ever so closed is the most amazing child christopher <laughs> little 16 pound koala bear oh he's magic pure magic um possibly the youngest person to ever be <laughs> participating by by you know by morally supporting us by being here in the studio we're so honored we're honored we're uh, <laughs> all every daily daily <laughs> um well Stephanie, we've invited you to the show so that you can talk to us about uh a couple things primarily that you're teaching a brand new workshop series at the community arts workshop uh, which is here in santa barbara and is a is a new space relatively new space and is and this is brand new programming and you are bringing to it a workshop and that is described as it's listed as a dance workshop, which it is, but it's many more things than that. It is um, not a traditional dance space, but no. it's a really cool space. So we're going to be exploring the space in a bunch of different ways, and we'll be learning some movement, but we'll be going through a creative process together that's collaborative and movement-based and, and, and. Where is, I, we, as an artist who, who's also teaching a uh, uh, a couple of workshops at uh, the CAW. Nobody calls it that. The CAW. Mm, nope. Um, the Community Arts Workshop. Um, uh, I'm teaching two very traditional old vehicles for art making, which is drawing and then sculpture. But similarly to what you just said, we're not doing it in a method that is maybe most familiar to people. How is contemporary dance... Um, how will it be experienced by people in the workshop versus like, you know, cause in everybody has these preconceived notions about what there's no bar probably that we're, that you're going to be doing up and down and, and any of the classic, see, this is right. me trying to tendus, plies, yes, there classical you go. ballet right, terminology right. or modern jazz dance or something. Right. Yeah. So the workshop is broken up into three, um, three week sessions and there's two sessions. So you can do all six or three. And we're going to be looking at the body, space, and time, which are kind of the fundamental um, elements of dance, through the senses. So how oh. we hear, yeah. how we see, and how we feel or touch. And um, Hear, see, and feel. Uh-huh. Okay. And those explorations will be very sensory and uh, experimental in the sense that we will play. Mm. a lot. I will prepare some movement that will be taught, but that will be sort of like having some basic ingredients in the kitchen to <laughs> then taste and add more salt to. And 
Um, and then each of the, the participants will be bringing their own version of ingredients, their own kinds of, of movements and limitations, and also uh, talents for different things. Exactly. So the workshop has a subtitle of curiosity and wonder through movement. So nice. really the only thing that you need to bring <laughs> to, to that experience is your body and a sense of curiosity and just openness. And the hope is that through play and um, working together as a community, things will open up mm -hmm. as we experience our body and really the space uh, more. There's, there's that haptic pushback that comes from having collaborators in a space or having other people that you have to reconcile with and also bounce off of and become inspired by. I, I think is my is always my experience for why being in classes like this is so kind of powerful and magical. Yeah, th sometimes the idea of collaboration can be somewhat intimidating. Like you need <laughs> to bring a lot to the table. Like that science class you took when you were a kid, and you had to like, and you were put and into a group. Yep, yep. Right. So you could think of it. Like, that's one way to think of it. <laughs> you could also think of it as like a potluck where oh, you just nice. bring, you know, the bag of chips that you have or you make like some special deviled eggs. Or you could think about it as um, uh, like a game of kickball. Huh. It's not that hard to learn the rules of kickball and everybody's playing and working together. So um, there will be aspects of the workshop that will feel kind of like a, a team sport or mm. a game mm -hmm. that uh, you don't need to be an expert in. But I do want to say, if you are an expert, it's um, also just as, it can be just as rigorous. I have been to several potlucks where uh, professional chefs have shown up. And, and, and they, sometimes they... Uh, you know, stretch and, and expand what they know how to do. And other times they just, they don't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, we, we've been talking about this with, with all of the workshops at the Community Arts Workshop um, this, this, that's, that are happening this spring, uh, that they are suitable for both people who are just passionately uh, into a genre and have done everything else there is to do in town, mixed with simultaneously side by side with somebody who is, we have somebody coming tonight to the drawing workshop who's never has done no more than doodling their entire life. And and that is probably that person next to the person that has the art degree that's going to be there as well. I love seeing that juxtaposition, having those two people next to each other. Yeah, I, I think the group of all levels <laughs> is is really a rich place to be working because maybe you aren't coming in as an expert in movement, like a professional in movement, but you probably are an expert in something else. Mm. And that expertise mm. can transfer to um, dance or movement and bring a different dimension to it. So I shy away from like uh, naming the levels so much, nice. but maybe yeah. starting more just at the fundamental of like, we all have bodies, we all, have uh, some <laughs> way to access these bodies and to use them as ways to connect to our world more intentionally. Um, I mean, that's pretty simplistic, but that's like kind of the heart of it <laughs> right How, there. Do you, and as, as you, as you work with, with this group, as you cr uh, create an, you know, an experience that they're going through, 
Um, are they? Are you hoping that they take away a different perspective, or are you hoping that they change their 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 viewpoint about the way to use their body, or the way, not just while dancing or while in yeah. movement? Yeah, you know, I um, I haven't actually talked to you about your work- workshop so oh, much, yeah. but um, I work with dance and movement, but um, a lot of my practice as an artist has to do with observation and noticing. Mm. Um, and I think that as I sharpen my skills to be able to notice um, things around me, whether that's visual, like here I'm looking at the orange and blue and yellow cords that are mm-hmm. <laughs> attached to microphones and their swirling design on the table and your neon pink hat in the corner um, and building little compositions, whether it's that or... Uh, noticing the sounds that are around you or the synchronicity of five white cars that are all stopped at the stoplight, that the more we become just aware of our surroundings, um, I believe that that can create empathy, surprisingly, because we just have, um, we're more accessible to, to what's happening around us. And I think it it allows us to be creative with what we're seeing. How do we make sense of it? How do we make story out of that? How do we put ourselves in that story? Um, we talk all the time, especially in art making, well, in, in, in any creative practice, about working from life or working from observation where um, trying to imagine things from, from nowhere, uh, trying to invent completely from scratch is certainly one practice. Um, but this other practice of responding to what you're seeing around you uh, feels like an accelerator. It feels like almost cheating. Like, like, oh my gosh, I, you know, like I was waiting for you out in front of the building, and I was just, I was just enjoying watching people move by, and I was watching their gait and watching how their, their legs moved, or and what they were on top, you know, the shoes that they were on top of, and and how they hit the ground and where they touched the ground. And this was just me thinking about the life drawing class that we're doing later, and thinking about, man, I, I'm, I sat there for less than ten minutes. But the variety of observation that I was able to make inside of that 10 minutes was just astounding to me and felt really, it felt like um, an inspiring thing that this put, this, this, there's so much raw material here to play with and all I had mm-hmm. to do was just be outside for a few minutes versus like I feel like we get trapped inside of our screens and trapped inside of our, our interior, uh, you know, sitting in the house all day long, which is, makes me everything my parents ever said to me when I was a kid about like, you know, you can't sit inside all day. You have to get out. You have to like go and see the world uh, is everything for my creativity. That's everything for, for what I need to do more. And so workshops like this are so exciting to me. Yeah. So I did not uh, grow up in Santa Barbara and I haven't lived here that long mm. and it is sprinkling a little bit outside <laughs> right now, yes, yes. but it's pretty much like the most perfect place to live weather and landscape wise so I love to be outside (laughs) and I think it's such a gift and the great thing about this workshop is that also we have access to all these different spaces yeah yeah I mean Um, you can be outside in a in two steps yes and and a very unusual outside for this uh, environment the community arts workshop has this incredible post-industrial space feel yes what where did you come from so I grew up in Oklahoma. I've heard of it. <laughs> Tulsa, Oklahoma. You should that's you should not put There's up. There's a musical kind of about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can check that out. It's very yeah. accurate oh, to uh-huh. how it is now. Yeah. Um 
I've lived, uh, my husband and I have lived in Jackson, Mississippi, oh, uh-huh. New York City, Washington, D.C., um, Essen, Germany. It's near Dusseldorf. Oh, yeah. And yeah. now here. That's that's a that's <laughs> quite a resume yeah. for, for places that, that we're full of. Now, when you what do you think the similarities are to all of those places that give you kind of an authorship here? Or, or what, are, what were the significant differences that really stood out? <laughs> that's a big question. I it's apologize. a big question. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I, because I'm interested in space and how human beings work through space, um, I think the thing that's been most striking to me about being here is that it's so vast. There's mm. a lot of space you can be alone, and I've never quite experienced that before. Wait, wait Oklahoma doesn't uh, have that vastness? <laughs> uh, well, Tulsa is a bigger city than yeah. Santa Barbara. yeah. So, no, I did not feel that vastness uh, by any means. I think the ocean and the presence of the mountains. And that the landscape itself has a sort of prehistoric feel when you are out in in nature. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely didn't have that feeling any of those other places Mm. (laughs) that I've lived. It's a unique topography here, for sure. Yeah. A very visual one where it's, and, and that's what they, you know, they're always trying to protect that. But, like, literally, when we walked in here, we could see mountains. Yeah. And if and if we went to the top of this building, which is not a very tall building, but um, you can glance down almost the entire coast, you know, for, you know, dozens and dozens of miles. Uh, and so it's a very visual like it just it washes over you. You can't. Um, I don't know it's very easy to get an up above it and look around it. And I feel like there's a lot of other places I've been where it's hard to get a full view of what I'm looking at or of the place I'm in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And th- that's also a very big contrast for me in some of the work that I've been making because in addition to making big stage choreographies which I do as a professional dancer and choreographer I have recently been creating um, a lot of site specific it's not exactly street performance in like hold out a hat kind of street sure, performance. Sure. But, um, Buskers, I think they call that, busking? <laughs> busking, yeah, yeah. busking. Yeah. No, it's um, a part of this project I developed called Faker's Club, which Ooh, was a- uh, That sounds really <laughs> juicy and good. Yeah, yeah. so it, we were making live cinema public performances. <sighs> yes, we call that authored reality. Ooh, Yeah. love that. Yeah. So um, we did make some performances in rural spaces, but mostly they were in inner city um, European of landscapes. Of course. And um, isn't everything in Europe feel like you're slightly in a film? Like yes. slightly, there's a cinematic detail to what to everything you're doing there. Um, yes, I yeah. think I think it, there is, and it's much easier to achieve that there than a place where you're in your car a lot, or uh, yeah. there's a lot of solo the car. space. <laughs> not 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 a great dance place space the car right maybe it could be I, i'm not saying you can't i'm just saying <laughs> preferably yeah maybe not the, not the yeah uh, so the density of those places and where public life overlaps mm-hmm. um feels very different here and i think uh this workshop is also just interested in how we can find overlap um with each other and because the car is more open. Mm-hmm. It's actually literally has an open door. A big I, I, one wall is open. I slightly, they, I know they're trying to button that up. I know they're trying to put walls on that open space. 
And there's a little part of me that just feels like, oh, do you, you know, do you have to? Because <laughs> yeah. it's part of what makes the character of that space so interesting. Yeah, it's. I think it's beautiful. I I sometimes see it as like a dollhouse, you know, where that one side is just chopped off, right. um, and you can look inside like a little cross section. Uh, yeah. yeah. And but I like I like that very much. Go back to um, you generating these. Uh, these you know hybrid street performances and i'm not going to use your language as well as you did but um tell me what somebody what, what was your audience experiencing when they would when they would see that or participate in that or be yeah um <laughs> that was it's an ongoing project but when we developed it i was interested in how um television series have changed the way that we think about the duration of something so we, we can either binge watch it or um uh, it's folded time on us. Yeah. Yeah. And that it's different than a movie where you finish something up in mm-hmm. three hours at mm-hmm. the most. And then wait three years for them to make the second right. edition of it. So you, this serial nature where you pick things up. So I wanted to develop something like that um, in a public space that would also be traveling. So audience would meet at a designated location i can hear him snoring it makes me so happy no 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 don't don't it it makes me happier than anything probably (laughs) since my daughter ate yogurt in the bathtub yeah yeah sorry (laughs) traveling traveling so we're traveling around sometimes um like the they still have these payphones in germany so it might start at a payphone and then you'd have to get on a bus and then get off at the next stop and follow these performers and then it would end at this little chasing performers yeah and then a new performer would come out of the bar and you'd have to follow them so uh, that was kind of the way that it felt cinematic is that you weren't sure who was coming out where and um, how would you identify them as part of the performance did you make any visual identifiers um, subtle ones. Sure. They were costumed um, in a way that felt a little bit 60s okay, and yeah. brightly colored, but not outlandish. And um, I love every part of this. <laughs> no, seriously, every part of this just, just is, is making me excited. Okay. And the beauty of it, something that was very, very important to me, was that you don't actually know who's a performer. You mean you can identify the main characters, but sure. you don't know if that old person crossing the street. Th- it's like the timing's so perfect. Are they a part of the performance, or was that just serendipitous? Are they scenery? Yeah, and that's fine if they either way. Yeah. it's fine, and it comes down to that individual audience member feeling like suddenly they're observing, looking for old people to be crossing the street, exactly, and writing it into the story. Exactly. Ah. Um, for this project, we had like five main characters and then we would recruit some extras and <laughs> there was a, a little um eight-year-old boy yeah. um that was often a part of them but he wasn't a main character so you would see him in the background doing some things thinking like is he wait does he know or is that just someone and um i really liked that mystery and then sometimes people would really stumble into the performance and become characters and they were totally unaware how, so how much <clears throat> um not looking to to dismantle this at all. How much inside of the the, the performance was then? Would, would what what kind of was the tolerance for that insertion of somebody who just inserts themselves into the piece, like like somebody who just won't let go? Like they're really excited about what's happening, and they've they've picked up on that. They don't know exactly what's going on, but they've, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. like, like a, maybe there's a um, just an extra who's who's a volunteer. Yeah. 
Uh, well, uh, did that ever happen? Or am I yeah, sure. No, no, no. It definitely did. Um, I think the cast was very uh, smart mm -hmm. and knew how to respond in a way that it wouldn't break the performance is yeah. one aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. And also the style of how we created this performance was really uh, going from pedestrian to something that would be uh, quite strange or surreal, but uh, subtle in its transition so it wouldn't draw major attention sure. to itself it was just life going on yeah yeah but heightened in a way where you really zoomed in so uh anyway when a passerby would really want to become involved we would accept that and wow. build that into the story i'm sure you got better at it and better at it as it went along yeah yeah how many so how many did you redo the same the same cycle then with multiple performances like which is to say was there a show and this show had multiple yeah, Showing? we did several different versions of this project. We yeah. started out doing a weekly Sunday night episode. So you would pick up. <laughs> this is so good. Okay, go ahead. You would yeah. pick up where the last one left off. Oh, my God. And it would continue. So and you would did. all meet at the coffee shop where, where it ended last week. Exactly. And we were experimenting with cliffhangers. So, <laughs> As one does. Right. Sure. Right. So... Um, how did you, but how did you end, how would, did the credits roll? How did? Yeah, well, we tried to do, um, let's see, that first season, because we called them seasons. Yeah, as you, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, We, one ended at the, at the train station, and the character got on a train and disappeared. <sighs> um, another one, they went up to an apartment, and there was like a, um, a, a letter that was sent down, Um out of the window. This was Vito Acconci had a had a piece in the seventies called Following, where he would follow somebody until they went into a private space, and that would be like the, his trigger for that. It's over because yeah. they're in a private space that I I it's Can't not it's not appropriate for me to follow. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it had that feeling. I think uh, there was another time where the characters got in a car and drove away, but something where it's quite. I can't. I cannot tell you how that piece just made you know. Do you you know Tino Segal? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, personally, do you know Tino no. Segal? No. <sighs> I had a guy in here and I mentioned that once. I was like, do you know Tino Segal? Or do you know Tino Segal? Just making a reference. And yeah. he goes, yes, I know him quite well. And I was like, wait. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, we worked with him on a museum thing. And I was like, oh, tell me everything. <laughs> but this this piece, I was, so as, you, as you're describing this, I'm having this, when I was driving over here, I heard these two people yelling on the corner of the street. The farmer's market's going on. These two people were yelling on the side of the street. And I rolled down my window because, of course, you never want to miss a good yelling match on the side of the street. Exactly. And it was this stuffed, this puffed up guy in a suit yelling at uh, one of our urban travelers who had a dog and was telling him to back up and get away from the front of the store. And then this woman came from inside the store and she very kind of politely pushed the shouting man away. And, and then the urban traveler was explaining in a loud voice how, um, ma'am, have I done anything to offend you? Like he was being really polite and interesting, but loud. And I had this moment where I was like, are they doing a thing? Is this yeah. a thing? Yeah. I should pull over. I want to watch this thing. Exactly. We love, we love that. We love, um, spectacle that's not supposed to be spectacle yeah. and we also love voyeurism yes. we love to watch like a cute old couple holding hands on a park bench <sighs> eating an ice cream cone eating an ice cream cone i mean we it, love that yeah, yeah um and i should say so all of this is like okay what does this have to do with choreography other than the arrangement of timing um but it's not a big leap for me but okay go, but go okay, ahead but go, but go ahead and bridge it if you need to i mean i i i think I'm interested in, hi in uh, 
drawing in audience so they really begin to look and mm -hmm. notice mm -hmm. and then introducing more complexities of possibilities of movement but really this was all pretty um cinematic like you would think of uh, i was very in influenced by um jacques tati mm -hmm. the um, filmmaker who's uh, has a lot of physical humor <laughs> from the 1960s um and his his work pratfall man gets me every time i know all i want is i just want somebody just to bump into a door or just like <laughs> stub a toe or just <laughs> slip on a banana peel i i don't i don't know where i mean maybe it's my three stooges childhood or something but mm -hmm. i there is something about the physicality of that surprise of that and i it, it, making a physical joke in that way i think is what's so charming to me because it's so uh without instrument other than yeah. the body you know there was no I don't know. I, I it just catches you and you go, Oh my god, you, yeah. what a horrific and wonderful thing. Yeah. Yeah. So you've where did you okay, so <laughs> now that my mind is swimming into the ideas of like, ooh, well you clearly need to be doing this here in this town. <laughs> um Yes, what, please. Yes, yes please. please. So what what drew you to this idea of teaching a workshop at Cot? Like what is this are you are do you have one of these in your back pocket and you're always teaching workshops or mm. I am teaching workshops quite a bit. So I haven't been in Santa Barbara very long. Um, <clears throat> when I came here, I was looking for spaces that caught my attention, and the CAW really caught my attention. I liked the design of the building, and I liked it being in downtown. Mm -hmm. Soon after that, I developed um, a relationship with the Mental Wellness Center, which is right next door. Mm. And they have this um, division of the Mental Wellness Center. It's literally right next door to the CAW. Um, called the Fellowship Club, and I started volunteering and teaching workshops there. And Jimmy, my husband, Jimmy Miracle, who's a visual artist, and I developed a project with uh, people from the Fellowship Club. Hmm. I should say it's a day program for adults that have um, some mental health issues, um, and they can hang out, and there's all these resources, and Anyway, what kind of but not so mental health in um, we're not talking about uh, Down syndrome or developmentally disabled. Um, it could be. Oh, could be. OK. But so. it is often depression or um, other types of uh, schizophrenia is quite common. OK. I was going to, you know, I'm always trying to compartmentalize. So I'm like, oh, is it onset stuff that happened that happened to them and has, has manifested then in this? Or is it was it born in? Could be any of those. Could be any of those. Sure. And the. This program is amazing. I'm such a fan of this place and the people who run it. Um, it is such a welcoming, mm. uh, safe environment. And uh, people are not just coexisting, but having this harmonious, I mean, on the best of days, a really harmonious existence um, with each other, supportive. And I, um, I would come at the end, I was going almost once a week and doing these dance party it's like meditation and dance party <laughs> um, with the people there and I was so refreshed by um, meeting these these Santa Barbarans <laughs> who um, were so raw and real and had a different way of looking at the world mm. and um, do you think that that when you've experienced these people like is that they just have a different um, outward presentation that's maybe maybe more sincere or honest. Like there's less. I always feel like like there's there's times where I meet people who might be in these situations and and they have very um, 
they've shed something or they've or there's not that same kind of uh, pretend up. You know what yes. I mean? Like they don't have their they don't have their uh, networking face on. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I think so. I think there's a different sort of honesty and um, maybe they've even encountered themselves and their own demons in a more uh, truthful way than wow. we yeah. I don't know. I'm we, saying we and them, and I don't feel like that's quite accurate to how I see it. But um, people that are supposedly really high functioning, sure. And uh, I think we just all have our own stuff, <laughs> and maybe they're dealing with it in a in a different way. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, 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 I'm envious of. Um, I'm envious of people who, who are not, who, who are struggling with a thing or who are dealing with a thing, who are navigating a thing. Um, and, and, and for me on the outside to be, to be, it's like, well, they don't worry about student loans. They don't worry. <laughs> and clearly that's simplifying um, their, their world. But what, what an amazing thing to have a, a, a dance party person come in. Oh, yeah. It was them. so great. And I, I just, to that, I want to say that I learn and am still learning so much from these people, especially creatively, um, because I think there's less filter on how they can express themselves uh, or some of the people there. I mean, it's just such a range. But anyway, that was really inspiring to my practice, just how to be more open and um, and uh, available to creative impulses. How do you think I feel like as an artist, uh, as any creative I don't know how they uh, creatives function without being inside of a class or workshop environment because you don't. I always feel like I don't really know how I feel about something, or I haven't. I'm not really able to explain something to myself unless I have to say it out loud in front of people, and unless I have to ask a question and then watch somebody interpret my question or my statement or my whatever, and go, "Oh, that you know, I was helping. I was giving crit to somebody the other day, and I feel like, oh, they they didn't hear anything I just said." did I not say it right or were they not receptive to what I was saying? And realizing that or evaluating that was how I move forward. That's how my work gets better is through me having to be present with, with students or present with mm -hmm. uh, people who I have to explain what I'm doing to. And I feel like that's, that's, that's the great benefit of, of teaching a workshop is like having yeah. access to somebody you have, you get to explain something to. Yeah, absolutely. That totally sharpens <laughs> my process and, and kicks me in the butt too. And yeah, it's great. Uh, it's just so great to be around people that have different perspectives or like I was saying before, have a different expertise. You're coming out of, not coming out of, that's the wrong phrase. You're adding, you're overlaying uh, this workshop with motherhood now. Yes. <laughs> that's a very exciting thing. It is. And so dynamic. It's yeah. very dynamic. I am a relatively new mom. Yeah. Uh, Christopher is five, a little over five months old. And... I think my understanding of time has changed. It's like when I get uh, some time to focus on something with my practice as an artist, it's I don't fool around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't have that luxury anymore. Mm -hmm. And um, and also my world has shrunk down. I mean, he's pretty small, mm -hmm. and and somehow my my um, 
I like notice tiny things mm. <laughs> more and that is somehow changing how I see my body like the details of of my body and movement <clears throat> I got tennis elbow from holding my daughter when she was first born because I was just uh, there was this one hold yeah and and I was like I can't this tendon like I had to get a brace. I had I talked to my doctor about yeah. it. It was like, and 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 in, in true doctor form, he was just like, what what causes what what makes it hurt? And I go just like this when I hold it like this, and he's like, you have another arm. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh okay, yeah, like just a little bit, tiny Li- little, mm-hmm. yeah, microscopic stuff. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and I mean, carrying a baby, d- pushing a baby out carrying a, a baby in a different way <laughs> once How, they're on the outside world this, this <laughs> is, might be is a, major especially for a, a dancer so i was going to say as somebody who who is classically trained or has spent it, yeah. their career figuring uh, out how to use their body how was that how was childbirth for a dancer uh it was <laughs> so hard yeah it was awesome i i wanted to have a natural um, unmedicated birth, and we were able to do that. Oh, we had a really good doctor here named Dr. Drake. Oh, you did that. You were here. Well, you were here in Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. You have birth in Santa Barbara. That's yep, great. Cottage. Yeah. It was um, super, super hard. Like the hardest mm-hmm. thing I've ever done. I don't. I mean, I'm fascinated with the body and how it works, and that's related to my work as a dancer, but. I don't think it gave me any superpowers. <laughs> it was just still hard. <laughs> <laughs> that moment yeah. where you're like, oh, no, it was, uh, yeah, it was just about 20 minutes. Everything was good. Right. Yeah, just, <laughs> I, I just I, stood on my head and then right. already came. Yeah. Great. yeah. I just did that one, you know, deep grand plie and then out. Out. Yeah. Yeah. We that's we had similarly. We had uh, we were with the midwives, which was an incredible. Experience. Yeah, they're great. They really are. And um and watching and i know every everybody's however you have a baby is right How, yeah. however how, however the baby comes out medicated unmedicated c-section wh- whatever needs to happen to achieve birth is right there is no wrong in any of that uh and so we were really lucky that we kind of and this was a funny joke because my wife's a landscape architect and 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 at the end somebody like listened to the story and they go oh well of course courtney would do it by the book like, of course, you would have a textbook <laughs> birth, you know, like, of course, every single thing would land right when it was supposed to land in the book. And and <laughs> and uh, and it did for us. And we got really oh, that's cool. We felt really lucky about it. I mean, we were, you know, we were laboring all day and then and then we went with the midwives and three hours later, Henry was born in a very normal, unsurprising way. And we were so happy to be boring about it because it was just so <laughs> that's strange. awesome. But it was simultaneously the most incredible thing I'd ever seen yeah. physically also just watching the choreography of that room and how how she gave birth was an incredible thing for me that I thought about the physicality of of movement and, yeah you know and also that interaction again of, of like two people like when you have two people collaborating with the physicality of how yeah they and then you add in the midwife and the doula and like all of a sudden you've got this this you know this full ensemble you're speaking it about it in such a beautiful poetic way I mean I'm a, visu- a very visual choreographer. I, I, I'm extremely influenced by uh, my husband, too, and his practice. But birth, for me, was like I just went into my body. I had no idea what mm-hmm. else was going mm-hmm. on. Just totally became an animal. So uh, I've, I don't know. I've never had an embodied experience like that mm. before. 
<laughs> I really, I was really lucky to be witness to it. Yeah. To be witness and participant from my angle. But um, yeah, no, it was, there was the, there were great moments in it with, with her where she was exactly that same thing where she had no more words left. There were no more, there was a lot, there were just, there were just all the amazing things would happen. But I mean, it's, I, I, there are things, I'm, I'm old, I'm an old man, but I have, I had misconceptions about what I thought beauty was Hmm. that have completely changed since I've been become a parent. Like it's just completely the understanding of what beauty can be and what happiness and what laughter and, and what, and, and what I can, I don't know what, what, what makes me excited. The things that make me excited are just so much more. And it's like that, that minutia, that simple, that little reflection. I love that. Yeah. It's uh, well, you know, I, it's lucky being a parent, and, mm-hmm. and it's it's neat. I'm just inspired by the fact that Christopher's here. Just makes me <laughs> just makes me super excited. He is doing so well. Yeah, napping. Uh, <laughs> the, you know, at five and a half months, at six months, like there's not he can't do anything wrong. Like yeah, there's no, much. there's no. That's perfect. Yeah, no, it's yeah. He's got no flaws. <laughs> he's flawless. Uh-huh. What else? So, Stephanie, how does somebody <laughs> um, get in touch with you if on the Internet or whatever, if they wanted to find more information? Oh, my you? gosh. Yes. So I do have a website out there. Mm-hmm. It's um, stephaniemiracledances.com, um, which is a great reminder for me to make sure that that's updated. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can email me at miraclestephanie at gmail.com. I also have an instagram sss miracle um and i'm on facebook don't tweet <laughs> i it's fine and that it's gonna be over here in a minute any okay. any minute now like the tweet do you have a snapchat i have no Snapchat. no so see you don't need to have all of the socials it's not <laughs> it's not remotely i try to I, I soothe myself with that where i'm just like you know i don't I don't eat at all of the fast food restaurants. I don't eat, you know what I mean? Like you can avoid certain social medias. Yeah. So you don't yeah, have to feel some, guilty about it. Not all. Yeah. 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 I, my Google Plus is way out of like. <laughs> Google Plus, yeah. For a hot 38 seconds. That's right. Well, um, thank you for being here. Thank you for bringing Yeah, uh, thank you for having me. I very much look forward to keeping track of your class. When is the first day of the workshop? First day is next week, mm-hmm. Wednesday. So they're on Wednesdays. Um from 5.30 to 7.30. Great timing. And uh, an exciting part of this is that there's the possibility to be a part of a performance April 6th in the afternoon. It's a Saturday um, to share this work that we create together. Yeah. Yes. It's going to be a big show uh, amongst... I'm going to look up right now so that I make sure I get the right website. Um, of course, it's going to be buried in here. Um, I think it's SB Caw workshop or sbka.org yes backslash workshop backslash workshop and uh you'll find all the other ones there's a storytelling workshop there's an improv workshop we're doing a drawing and sculpture workshop and then of course uh, stephanie's uh, movement and dance workshop yes feel free to um, email me if you have questions and there are scholarships available for mine as well as any of the um hugely important to say that any of the workshops and and not hard not if you at all, if, if money is the reason you're not taking the workshop, take the workshop. Um, we definitely have access to people who are looking to support uh, people who are expanding what they're doing. And, and I, you know, I, I say this all the time. Um, you can stay home and watch Netflix, <laughs> but you won't remember 
doing that, you will remember taking this one of these workshops. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Stephanie. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate everybody who's, oh, you know what you're going to do right now? I almost forgot. Um, you're going to write a postcard to my mom, which is how we close out every show. Oh. And then we'll mail it to her. Um, oh, she is, happy to. She has a wall covered with post postcards. Okay, I have a story about that. That <laughs> give it to me. Okay. Bert, I got plenty. So of my father, yeah, who is the who's Chris Miracle? <sighs> we named my son after him. He um, spent about I think it was five years total. Let's see. He sent me a postcard every day for f- three years when I was in college, and then he revived that practice when I went to grad graduate school every single day for three years so a total of six years and he handmade the postcards he would (laughs) buy these old national geographics find an image that he liked cut it out glue it onto some poster board and um write write me a a postcard Uh, (laughs) you know here's here's the funny thing i hear that story and all i think to myself is well yeah yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, because that's coming. When, yeah, because when my daughter, this is the big joke, is people keep saying, like, well, what happens when she moves away? And I'm like, I don't think you understand how this is going to work for me. Wherever she wants to go, there will be condos that I will want to live in. That's how this <laughs> is going to work. I'm going to be that dad who's just completely obnoxious. And, uh, you know, so, yeah. No, that, uh, that just sounds like a normal dad to me. <laughs> sounds like standard dad behavior. But, uh, uh, Chris Miracle, you are quite a fella. I, I, something to live up to there. He's a great guy. Uh, Stephanie, thank you so much. Thank you.